With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. They award one trophy in sports last night. They'll begin a quest for another one tonight. Oh, and another one tomorrow, and isn't this fun? Uh, Miller and Condon with you here until noon. We talk sports with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, we're going to start in about 25 minutes or thereabouts with our friend Nick Athen. Uh, Nick covers the Chiefs. Uh, He will join us, and we will opine on... Um, just a, a flawless <laughs> performance again yeah. uh, last night out of the defending world champions. I don't know how you're going to beat them. We'll get into that uh, here coming up in the next couple of minutes. But Nick Athen will join us. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com is his website. It's kind of a potpourri of all of sports. If you're a sports fan and you're looking for some time to kill, um, you will be able to do so. And it's free uh, at PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. Uh, Brian Walton covers the Cardinals for the CardinalNation.com. He joins us in 45 minutes. We will preview uh, the Cardinals as they get set to take the stage or amongst the teams taking the stage tomorrow they will not play until uh, four o'clock they'll go up against uh, san diego as they head out west but we will no that's not four o'clock tomorrow or is it yeah it is four o'clock i got the schedule in front of me Mm -hmm. anyways uh they're playing san diego we know that We'll talk to Brian Walton about this team, who's not pitching, I think, their ace in Jack Flaherty, but they're saving him for Game 3, Trent, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, it it is one of the more baffling decisions I think we've seen in preparation for these playoffs. Go with your ace. Go with your guy. Yep. Kim's been good. He's he's been good. I understand maybe waiting till Game 2. I think you can make an argument there. There's no guarantee there's a Game 3 here. That's just it, Trent. Do do they know that this is not a five-game series? I would like to think that they do. I would hope so. They're pitching Wainwright in Game 2, say Flaherty for Game 3. I'd have flip-flopped. I mean, Wainwright's been a big game pitcher. Mm -hmm. But Game 3... Is a winner go home if they get to that point. Yeah. Anyways, we'll have Brian Walton at 1045. We'll start the 11 o'clock hour doing a pretty good uh, look inside uh, these uh, playoffs as they get set to start here today. And then Zubin Mahente, our friend from ESPN and his normal spot, Zubin, Trent, and I will go around the world of sports and we'll do that starting at about 1120. So opening thought here today. I uh, I saw something come across Twitter last night as the stars were falling to the lightning mm-hmm. and... and- I flipped over. I think you I had bought... a winning ticket, did you not? Yeah, yeah. That, that was one that was good. I was hoping for the Islanders. That was my big yeah. one, but still got a little bit of juice out of the hockey playoffs. And overall, you helped me out. Thank you. A tip of the ball cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, That's the Canadian in me. Yes, yes. Stick with me. You'll make nothing but money. I probably watched more of the the post game, the handshake line afterwards, it's which pretty is pretty special. Isn't it? it is the, yeah. the awarding of the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Them all 
you know, skating around with it. Of course, it was completely different than what we're mm-hmm. used to, but it was still, it's one of the coolest moments in sports for somebody like myself that's not a huge hockey fan. I just love that part of yeah. it. But uh, the Lakers are getting ready to play. Mm-hmm. Lakers, where did they start as a organization? Yeah, to the north. Dallas, where did they start? Oh, my. Yeah, that's And true. as my twins get ready to descend on another playoffs, they are the last Minnesota sports team to not only win a championship, but to even play for a championship. It has been uh-huh. almost 30 years now since any of their four pro teams. They're, you can talk about ineptitude of a lot of different places. Minnesota, though. When you put it in that context, True. it's not even close. Yep. The T Wolves, of course, have made one Western and now Conference Carl Finals. Carl Anthony Towns wants out, apparently. Well, he he's been kind of a pain in the ass, hasn't he? Yeah, but man, I mean, did they keep the wrong guy? I mean, the power struggle there, apparently, between him and Jimmy Buckets. Right. Look what he's doing for Miami. Playing for a championship, right? Exactly. But no Lakers, no Stars yeah. anymore. They have gone, and uh, the two organizations that have replaced them have not certainly been at the level. And that Stars Stars organization has been good. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that they took the name with them. I wish right. it was the Minnesota North Stars. That's a different conversation. But as I was getting ready for the 1 o'clock game, I'm already nervous. I woke up nervous this morning. <laughs> I know they're favored. I know the Twins are expected to win this series. But playoff baseball, it is great. And, and for somebody like you, your Blue Jays, they're the eighth seed. Yeah, but just to in. be in there, right. the context, the edge of your seat, pitch after pitch after pitch, Playoff baseball, it is something completely different. Yep. I love it. No, I absolutely love it. And, and I'm so excited to come into a series, not with the doom and gloom that I've had in the past when they have to play the Yankees, and that's what it's been the last three times, to have somebody different, somebody that you're favored against, and have hope. Have hope that your team can make a run. I have that, and maybe that's adding to the butterflies here this morning. No doubt, Trent. I've always said that October's the best month in sports. I know there's a lot of March love out there. I get it. But this one, in normal years, uh, is so spectacular. It's so special. we got a different level this year. No, we really do. We really do. I mean, the NHL season should be starting. Next week, <laughs> they just probably, they just gave out the prize last night. When, what when are they going is. to actually? Well, Trent, they've kind of pushed back. It was mm-hmm. going to be early December, right? I still think that potentially the AHL could go before the NHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it would be. But good it can't for be guys. significant. They, no, they can't they, be but they could probably before. go in December. And now I'm hearing that maybe Christmas or January first for the NHL from mm-hmm. the Canadian hockey media that I follow on Twitter. Gotcha. Um, so they're pretty tuned in, obviously. Right. Um, but I, st- I, I would think that that would open the door for the AHL. If you're a fringe player, I mean, look at Jonathan Taves and, and, and Patrick Kane aren't going to be playing for the AHL. But the guys that are, you know, fourth liners mm-hmm. are going to be going up fighting for a spot. There's no reason that they couldn't begin the year uh, in, with the AHL. So we'll watch that one. Uh, but but look at playoff baseball is another animal, as you've said. That puts it over the top for me in October. We're in the conference play in normal times in college football, which is, yeah, I get it. The, the, the opening couple of weeks of the season are fun and we get some great matchups. But conference play to me is where, I mean, that, that to me is another level. Uh, the NFL, we've got three games. Uh, our, every one of the teams has three or four games, depending on when the season starts. Uh, you know how, what your team is going to look like potentially for the season. It's so good. Um, and I think October would be pretty good this year with an NBA final starting tomorrow night. It is, no doubt about it. The big news of today, of course, Vikings, Titans, yes. both shut down. Eight cases inside the Tennessee organization. Three players and five personnel. Yes, speculation where it came from who cares what we do know 
is they're going to shut and they were down. confirmed positives. Yes. We've seen a lot of false positives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the NFL has worked very hard to get away from that. I was reading an article with one of their uh, doctors that are in charge of, the NFL doctors in charge of you know, their COVID and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. One of the things is talking about the, the load that they have when they're getting these tests. And if it's very low, they continue to test them in order to find out, all right, is this a false positive? Before a positive result comes out and is released to the media and everybody else, that's the direction that they have gone. It's significant if you're seeing this in the NFL. But let's not freak out. Yeah. Right, so many people freaked out with the Miami, with the Marlins. So many people freaked out with the Cardinals. They were able to get it in. Mm-hmm. Both those teams, by the way, in the playoffs. So let's not go overboard here. The only and, bad, obviously, there's a lot of bad. I mean, the the worst about it is, is you can't get back into the facility for in Houston's case, and they're Tennessee. playing uh, Tennessee. Yeah, in uh, Tennessee's case. Um, they can't get back into the facility until Saturday. Right. So they're not playing this week. I would be surprised. And they've got the uh, uh, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. That's mm-hmm. a pretty big game on the docket. And I saw 3-0, the, way, 3-0. the way the schedule sets up, I, I believe they maybe the Titans have a bye week in week seven, Steelers in week eight. So they would move the game that the Steelers were supposed to play in one of those two weeks up to this week, and that would be the way that they would play this out and be able to to get that game in there and still be able to play 16 all the way through. I'm still looking back upon it. I was very surprised initially that the NFL didn't add another bye week Mm -hmm. and a little bit more wiggle room. Mm -hmm. I was too. Move the Super Bowl back another week and play it. What is that, President's Day weekend? Well, they do have that luxury of doing that, apparently, that the, the building, they've kept it open if they okay. have to slide things back. So we'll see. Look, it's 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 inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah. Sadly, it's going to happen uh, in, in the world that we live in. So we'll pay. that is the big news of the day. I agree with you. Uh, this is the first time that this has happened. Well, the uh, MLB players are in a bubble. We know that the bubble worked in Edmonton and Toronto. It was a $70 million venture that the NHL spent. The NBA, I think the number I saw was to put a one in front of that seven, oh, wow. like a hundred, like over a hundred million dollars is what the NBA forked out to pull off their season in Orlando, or their playoffs rather, uh, in Orlando. And so far, so good with them. And now we're down to the finals, so we think that that's going to work. So let's go back to last night. I, I thought Trent that uh, early in the football game. Uh, that we were in for a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baltimore gets the ball, gets the opening kickoff, and they're running the ball down the field. They're running the ball on the Kansas City Chiefs, only to get inside the red zone and be thwarted. I don't know what it was, 10-yard line, 6-yard, whatever. Uh, they had to kick a field goal to go. It was 4th and 2, 4th and 3. Kind of surprised, knowing that the Chiefs are on the other side of the field, that you'd settle for the 3 in that spot. I mean, worst-case scenario, you, you miss it and you give Patrick Mahomes a long field. Not that 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 means anything. No, not at all. Uh, to this cat because he is so special. I thought his best pass of the night was one that wasn't completed. Remember when they turned the ball over inside? Oh, Neiman fell on the football. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was inside two minutes at some point. And Patrick Mahomes tried to hit Hardeman over the middle in a seam. And the ball was perfectly thrown. Perfectly thrown. It just shows up as another incompletion. Mm-hmm. In a night where he threw some incredible balls, I thought one that didn't he didn't complete might have been his best pass. But so many weapons. And to me, maybe the biggest takeaway from last night, Trent, defense for the Chiefs. Yeah. What, what they have off the edge with Chris Jones and, and Frank Clark, those two guys generating pass oh rush, gosh. they, again, really thwarted this Baltimore team. And we're continuing now to see this. This is becoming a narrative with Baltimore. 
against the bad teams, they can club them mm-hmm. and they can really beat them. But when they move on no. and they play the elite teams, with you. that's where the struggles start to come up. And that's where the concerns with Lamar Jackson start to come up. Mm-hmm. He was not helped out by his receivers, including his fine tight end, Mark Yeah, Andrews, dropped who, a few of them. Dropped a touchdown, yep. had another big drop in the game as a team. I think they had yeah, five drops. Yeah, that was drops. another seam route, that the one you're yeah. referring to, the drop. He wasn't helped out. I, I don't think, I think maybe probably too much is going to be put on Lamar Jackson today from the talking heads Well, of the it's world. the comparison, right? Yeah. It's the comparison of the the, the uh, two MVPs. And ESPN uh, blew it up last night, rightly so. And one of them lived up to the MVP status, and Lamar Jackson didn't. I understand they were down and coming back in the second, after the second quarter by the Chiefs when they put three touchdowns on the board, and it's 27-10. You know, what, and you know what I'm thinking as I'm watching this? I'm thinking for sure they're going to score at the end of the half. Yeah. Right. And they get the ball to start the second half. <laughs> and it was going to be over. <laughs> right. Ravens got back in it. They did. Made it a game. Yeah. But to run the turnover 12 times with your running backs, you have as good of a three-headed monster as anybody in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins. 12 carries for those guys, it's not enough. Nope. Not enough. I understand gameplay dictates the way it goes, but the way they run the football early went away from it way, way Mm -hmm. too much. That was a game I think could have played out much differently than it did. Like you said, to me, as we uh, started and, and I walked in today, who's going to beat them? I don't know. Who's going to beat the Chiefs? I hate to say it. I hate to say it, Trent. I think we are in for a – this is going to be a long run, too. I mean, yeah. Look, they, they found a way to make the salary cap work in a cap league, um, and they've paid their stars. I mean, who needs a contract? There has to be one or two of them. I mean, you, you can't keep all your players. Right, yeah. That, that's what <laughs> there, makes there the comes, NFL the NFL. Exactly. But Kelsey's getting paid, and Hill's getting paid. And the most important one, number 15, is getting paid, and getting paid very handsomely. What can't he do? When a play breaks down, he, he takes off with the football, and you know damn well he's going to get to the first down marker, and he's going to walk out of bounds, he's going to hold the football forward, and he's going to slow up, and... Ah, he's just so damn gifted. He can throw it a mile, as we saw last night. He can throw it accurately. What is his weakness? The offensive line played good last mm-hmm. night. Um, what's his weakness? There isn't one. There isn't. What? What would you say? I don't know. There isn't. He got hobbled again. Maybe got hurt last year. Right against Denver. I don't want to see that. No, I don't want no. to see that. But that's, I think, the only thing you could possibly point to because there's nothing in his game. But then Matt Moore will come in and win two or three games. <laughs> How about Brett Veach, the job that guy yeah. has done building this team? You're right. And restructuring and contracts and, and paying these guys and keeping guys happy. Chris Jones got paid. Yes. Where are they going to come up with the uh, money? They found a way. They do. They give half a billion dollars almost to Patrick Mahomes, but they also did it in a way. Mm-hmm. That very team friendly when yes. you're talking about that much money mm-hmm. and the term very team friendly is tacked onto. I don't know how they're doing it. Good for them though. Patrick, and do not call him Pat. Yeah, that was funny. Because his mom last yeah. night on Twitter was fired up. She was. She was not happy. Lewis Riddick was the one, right? Was it? Is was that the, who it was? You know, um, I listened last night after what you mentioned a week ago mm-hmm. about Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy. And those two guys, it's not only that. They sound similar, but the way they break down a game, I think, is very similar. Mm-hmm. The way they talk about it, where three-man booths in general, I'm not a huge fan. It has to be a special group right. to be able to pull that off. But when you couple it, if you have a Tony Kornheiser in there, Kornheiser, mm-hmm. I, I think he was, what hurt him more than anything 
was the old SNL guy that was before him. Um, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller. Yeah. I think that hurt Tony Kornheiser actually more yeah. than what he actually did. Now, you know I'm a Tony Kornheiser fan, and maybe that has but something to do with it. it seemed odd at the time. That it the, did. The, 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 this is a guy, he can't even stay up. Isn't that part of his shtick, right? He's, he's early to bed. Yeah, guy, right, 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 yeah. Goes to bed at 8 Before o'clock. Before the game usually kicks off. <laughs> right. It's 9 o'clock in the East. You might get a quarter. And, right, and then, tucked in by then. And then he wakes up at 3, and then he, he watches the rest of the game. Right. That's That's who he is. It would have worked, I think, in a different way, but you can't have two guys that analyze the same game the same way. One from a quarterback, one from a DB perspective. Yeah, it just it it is it's not bad. No, but you know what, what we I, saw the two years previous was bad. No, but this you, was not bad. Here's un, here's the unfortunate thing, and and Scott Knock reminded me of this this morning. I, I bumped into him when I was coming in. Scott works here. Uh, he was on Dan McCarney's staff uh, mm-hmm. just when he got out of school, and uh, and good 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 dude. Um, his his take was is he, the, he has not enjoyed a Monday night game as much as he has since opening week, since Fowler, okay, yeah, and Herb Street, did. yeah. This is the team that this is the booth that needs to switch, and I hate to say it because they're really and maybe they can pull it off Saturday Monday as we discussed mm-hmm. after week one. But Fowler and Herb Street are really damn good, and I was pissed off when Fowler was getting put in in front of and uh, the expense of Brest Musburger. Yeah. I didn't want Musburger to leave the the uh, the A telecast of college football, but Fowler's done a nice job. Herb Street, they're solid. This needs to be the Monday night booth, not Levy, not Riddick and Greasy, who I like on college games. Levy and Greasy did a nice job calling college football. Lewis Riddick is phenomenal around the NFL draft and in the magazine shows uh, that show up during the day at 2.30 when you're looking for something to watch, NFL Now or whatever it is. Um, I bet that happens, especially if ABC mm-hmm. gets back into the NFL business in a big way. Well, speaking of ABC, they're going to be jumping into the sports game with baseball today. Now, who's doing the game for them? Do you know? That is a great question. I, I mentioned that to you, and I didn't find anything who the announcing crews are because ESPN, they're going to be spread incredibly yeah. thin here. There are games on TBS for these playoffs, but tomorrow I know the Twins play on ESPN2. We have the ABC game today, of course, the ESPN crew. So you're going to have the Sunday night crew. They're going to be calling the I would ESPN imagine, games. yeah, they would call, they'll call Yankees-Cleveland tonight. Yeah, that, that makes the most sense, right. yes. Yeah, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber. I mean, appointment TV. All eyes are on Cleveland and not for the reason everybody thinks. They're on the, the sports world, at least this year's eyes will be on Cleveland because of the matchup. Yankees at Indians. Oh, my gosh. Bieber versus Garrett Cole. So uh, good. You know, it's, it's that's got a chance to be terrific. But ESPN's got, two, to your point, two games today. Mm-hmm. TBS has the Blue Jays and Tampa. Uh, so that'll be our buddy Brian Anderson, I would assume. Yep. Um, and is that Keith Hernandez normally that does that playoff booth? I think it's Keith. Her- Ron, oh, Darling. No, it's Ron Darling. Ron Darling. That's right. Yep. Ron Darling. I stand corrected. Mets broadcaster, but I had the wrong one. I, I don't know who's got your ABC. Who Here we go. I got it. Awful announcing has it. Uh, we open things up. ABC. Carl Ravitch, Eduardo Perez, Tim Kirkjian. Mm-hmm. Will they be on site? Don't believe so okay. i guess not uh espn white Sox, oakland will get dave fleming like dave fleming yep. with jessica mendoza have you heard dave fleming do a college football game this year i have not no i haven't maybe and he, he's and he does. Yeah, maybe yep uh and then tbs has your blue jays and tampa jim waltz and don't, jimmy rollins don't know don't know ESPN radio dan shulman will be on the call okay so does tbs how about tomorrow we'll be the same crew Yes. Uh, do you get the Sportsnet feed? 
during the season I do, but I, I won't. But you won't hear. Yeah, uh-uh. Buck Martinez on the call for that yeah, one. And Dan Schulman, right? Uh, well, normally, but Schulman's doing ESPN Radio. Oh. So it'll be Buck Martinez and Joe Sidal. Sidal? Yes. Buck Martinez is the analyst uh-huh. uh, when Schulman's doing the play-by-play, and he slides over and does the play-by-play when he's in the booth by himself, normally, during the regular season. Uh, then Yankees, Cleveland tonight, will have the Sunday night crew with Vesurgeon, A-Rod, Buster Olney, and Marley Rivera. ESPN Plus is doing a stack cast with Jason Benetti. We'll oh, be on really? That, along with a couple other uh, people uh, helping out with. For the Cleveland Yankees or all day? Uh, for the Cleveland Yankees game. They have that one there. And Dave O'Brien, Chris Singleton, who's a really good radio crew. If you haven't heard those two guys called, they do. They've done CSs before. Okay. And uh, they do a really good job on ESPN radio. Wednesday, uh, you get the A team for the ESPN Atlanta Cincinnati game. Trent, there's eight games tomorrow. Whip around coverage on ESPN Plus with Benetti. Uh, and then it'll be Ravich again and Eduardo Perez on the Twins Houston game. That'll be ESPN 2. Boog Shambi, Chipper Jones, and Jesse Rogers will be doing the Cubs Miami game. Jesse Rogers from the score? Yes, that Jesse Rogers. Mm-hmm. And ESPN 1000, ESPN, uh, you see him all over the place. So that will be your announcing crews. Cardinals, Padres, Tom Hart, Rick Sutcliffe, and Pedro Gomez will be on that series. All right, well, there you have it. It begins today and begins today, uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Tomorrow, I mentioned uh, Vesurgeon and A-Rod will be doing the first game, Atlanta-Cincinnati. They will also be doing the nightcap with Cleveland Yankees on ESPN. Okay. Don't think they're flying. No. <laughs> they'll, be, no they'll be doing that one for Bristol. And uh, late night, then you get Dodgers-Milwaukee with Carl Ravitch. So, yeah, I'm going to guess all these crews just working out of Bristol Certain, or their home. Certainly sounds like it. Although the uh, there is speculation that they're going to allow fans in the building for the World Series. Trevor Bauer tweeted this out yesterday. Uh-oh. Did this, you? That's always a dangerous start to <laughs> he's, a topic. He is so damn good on the mound. He's pretty good. For, I don't follow him on Twitter, but I see him a lot. Yeah. Um, so apparently the home team, for for instance, uh, they're in Atlanta. So Atlanta can have family and friends, immediate friends, ah. in the in the ballpark today. Huh. But Cincinnati can't bring their family. So if if you're if you're the home team, mm-hmm. you get to have your family in attendance. But as he tweeted out, but mom and dad, you can't come because we we're the visiting team. I don't know if that's fair or not. I mean, it's not going to be a lot of people. You wouldn't think it's not, but. If you're it's all about people, precaution, right? Yeah, bringing people in from different parts of the country. I do wonder if there's a caveat. You know, they have to live in the area in order to get in. Yeah, but maybe. regardless, you're talking about people coming from but all over. But park them in the upper deck. Yeah, I separate mean, how, them. You yeah. can. I mean, you either, think, even right? lower deck, you can still separate them. Sure, put them 30 but if you're back. really nervous, park them in the upper. Put deck. Put them in the left left corner. Absolutely, wherever it is, and you can find a way to do it. Yeah, it's probably a little bit silly, but again, they don't want anything nope. to go wrong. They've here. got this far. Yeah. Got this far. Uh, and so have we. And we'll take a time out, and uh, Nick Athen will join us next. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. More on the Chiefs. Where, where, who's going to beat them? Patriots this week, on paper, you think, all right, maybe they have a chance. I thought Baltimore had a chance. Do you see what the uh, spread is in that game? I didn't. What I saw it before the Chiefs game last night, and they were a touchdown favorite. Yeah, what are now, they now, nine and a half? Probably. I haven't looked at the updated line, but Jeez. and I saw that, and boy, that felt big. And then I watched last night, boy, that seemed small. I, I thought Baltimore, Trent, was... Yeah. Um, they're going to be ready for this football mm-hmm. game. It was important for them. It was important for them, but it was important for the Chiefs. 
I mean, Andy Reid's playbook, that little shovel pass to the Shermanator. Who's going to, how are you going to stop that? It's the last thing you got. Uh, Alex, Eric Fisher, Eric he's Fisher. catching touchdown Tackle passes. eligible, he just slips up. And how the the way he sold that to was oh, absolutely beautiful. Absolutely. Yes, it was. On the Thing replay, it looked like he was a little nervous as that ball was slowed through yeah. the air. <laughs> I, thought he's, I thought he was going to trip. I really I, did. I saw him score the touchdown that you watched the replay. I think he's going to drop it. Yeah. I know he scored, but it felt just watching that replay. His eyes got big, but he hauled that in. And the worst part about it, they left points on the field. Trent, it was a 14-point game, and it, was, it wasn't that close, I didn't think. And I don't even feel like they completely know exactly how they're using Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Hilaire. Hilaire. As Steve Levy calls yes. him. And by the way, was credited for being the first person to ever properly pronounce his name. <laughs> It feels like they haven't unlocked him completely yet either. How He's scary is that? Yeah, I know. I know. He's three games into his career, for crying out loud. Rich got richer. Pick 32. Last year's draft. Nick Gath the next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 107. Link. Goodbye. Business owners, real estate agents, are you looking for an experience? proven and locally owned partner in central Iowa for your commercial construction needs. Make it Roshan Corporation. Roshan Corporation will guide you through options to make your dreams a reality. Roshan, your general contractor who can build anything from small tenant improvement spaces to large scale design build projects. It's Roshan Corporation. Online at RoshanIA.com. If you can dream it, we can build it. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Brian Walton coming up, 15 minutes. We'll talk about... Cardinals, they begin play tomorrow, American League today. Uh, here's an- another little nugget on Patrick Mahomes in September since he's been in the league. He's thrown 31 touchdown passes and no picks. And, what? of course, he's never lost. That sounds like a fake stat. That sounds like something you get when you're playing Madden on your Xbox. It- well, he is. 31-0? and zero? 31 touchdown passes, zero picks, zero losses. Somebody called him, he's the cheat code. Yes. He really and truly is. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. He joins us to talk about last night's dominating performance, a game that wasn't as close as the score <laughs> indicates it was. Hello, Nick. Trent and Ken, how are you? Trent and Ken, I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing well, Nick. What's the weakness on this uh, Kansas City Chiefs team? How do you beat this team? Uh, you beat this team if they play four quarters like they did against the Chargers. That's it. And they, you, they have to play bad for four quarters. Uh, that's the only way to really beat them. Um, you know, you're right. The, the, the game was a blowout. You know, it yep. wasn't that close. You're talking about a, uh, you know, kickoff return and just, you know, poor angles, you know, fourth and one on a pretty ill-advised play. Uh, you, you can't, you can't run against this offensive line is just not built to do a, uh, you know, stack everybody in the box and try and get a yard. It's just not built that way. They should have spread them out a little bit or pitched it or something. But you take those two plays away and the turnover, the three, you know, and it, it, this is a this is a completely different conversation. You know, the Ravens aren't as good as advertised. Nope. You know, I've already I've already said many many times that you know Lamar Jackson is not an elite quarterback until he can show me consistently that they could overcome the deficit like last night. And he couldn't make the plays. I mean, he just couldn't make the plays. 
And, uh, you know, he was, he, he's not organized in the way he calls his plays. The hurry up offense is an issue. But the weakness of the Chiefs, they just had to beat themselves. And, you know, I said this on a show last week or maybe the week before that the Chiefs are going to give the Miami Dolphins a run. And I hate to say it, but I think you're right. They're going to have a perfect season. They're going to, they're going to break that chain finally. I don't know if this is the year, you know, with, with the COVID 19 and all that, but I don't, I don't think. The score would have been any different last night had the Chiefs played in front of a full house. I think they were going to win this game. I thought they were going to win this game rather easily. I'm not sold on the Ravens. I'm sorry. Um, and they played a couple of weak, weak teams, you know, leading up to this that they beat up on. So, um, listen, the Chiefs are in the driver's seat in the National Football League to do yep. whatever they want. Yep. If this defense <clears throat> plays like it did last night, mm-hmm. with virtually – Two started, three starting quarterbacks, one injured, two out of the game, and they still bottled up Jackson for less than 100 yards passing. They have everything. And one thing I mentioned to Ken <laughs> yeah. a little bit earlier, Nick, was it feels like Clyde Edwards-Alaire has not been completely unleashed yet, that there's even a higher yeah. level that this offense can go when they exactly understand what he can do and be an even bigger part of the of the offense there. It's incredible just to think, and, and short of injury, <clears throat> nothing can slow down this team. It, it's wild to think about. Yeah, it is. And in, in the case of Edward Solaire, I mean, I think the issue is think about this. Against the Chargers and the Ravens, probably the two best defenses, maybe New England coming up, they're playing out of their mind right now. But again, their competition level hasn't been the best outside of Seattle. But, you know, he's played and he, he's gotten some, made some plays in tough situations. Um, you know, they did unleash him a little bit more last night. You saw a little bit more in the passing game, which I think you're going to see a lot more of. Um, I'll go back to your question before, Ken. There is a weakness on this team. They don't have another running back. I mean, they just, Williams isn't the right. guy. Um, you know, they need to bring in a veteran running back. Um, <clears throat> you know, I thought Coleman would have been a good pickup for them just to have a veteran presence. Uh, maybe they make a trade, but that that is going to be their one Achilles heel, I think, in the short yardage situation. I mean, I love the sausage and all, but you know that's not really his forte. Um, you know, to get that one or two yards, you know, on third and one, third and two. Um, and again, the Chiefs will evolve from that. They'll, they'll probably call something different next time. But you know that that is their biggest Achilles heel. If they can survive, um, and I think the hardest game of the season so far is coming up against the Patriots on Sunday for them thus far. If they can survive this four-game stretch, um, I think they're in, they're in pretty good they're in pretty good spot. They'll get Breland back. Yep. Um, they'll have Okafor back uh, for the Raiders game. Both those guys will be there. That means this defense is going to be better. You know, a guy like Paco Charlton. I mean, he he played, played well last, last night. night. Yep. He if he and Frank Clark can play that way on the end, mm. the Chiefs have something really special. Because I, I was surprised he didn't play much in the first game, but now I know why. He just wasn't up to speed, but he's got a burst. He's got power. I mean, he looks like Frank Clark out there, and that's a huge boost to the Chiefs defense. You know, I'm looking at the schedule, Nick, and, and as I look at it in, from from where we're sitting here today after they just dominated the Ravens, I think in the middle of October they've got to go to Buffalo on a short week on a Thursday night after they've right. played the Raiders, so that should be a physical, you would think, anyways, normally Chiefs-Raiders is a different level, but or the Chiefs right. playing at a different level. Short week on the, against the Bills on Thursday, October the 15th, and then way late in the season, a couple of weeks after their bye, 
Uh, they're going to have to play. Um, uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend. They're going to have to go to Tampa Bay to take on a good Tampa right. Bay defense, a, ta- a Tampa Bay team that's got some weapons. It's got a Super Bowl, multi Super Bowl winning quarterback. Those look like it for me. I would have said at New Orleans was going to be a difficult game uh, in week number fifteen. But looking at the Saints, I, I think yep. that that's a win. Those are the two to me at Bills at Buccaneers. If there is going to be a loss, maybe it's one of those weeks. Yeah, the, the Bills, you know. And think about what we're saying here for a second. We're <laughs> sitting here in the, sitting... <laughs> predicting this team's going to go unbeaten. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's a real possibility. I think you know, it is, too. guys this morning are sitting there going, well, you know, who's going to beat this team now? I mean, everybody thought, I mean, 95% of the country thought they were going to lose to the Ravens. I did. Definitely in the, yeah, so if you look at it this way. The Bills, that defense stinks. Okay, that, that, that defense yeah. is not bad. It's not very good. Uh, the Bucks. Um, listen, I think Mahomes has Brady's number. The Saints defense is Saints defense is worse uh, yep. than it's ever been before. Yep. So again, it depends on you know obviously injuries, but I'd say the hardest games on the schedule left are going to be Tampa Bay and the Patriots coming up. Yep. Um, you know maybe the Raiders in Vegas because they seem to be playing. You know, much better at home. But that's after uh, a bye yeah. week. That's after the Chiefs bye, so they get two weeks right. to prepare. And we know how good right. Andy Reid is off exactly. a bye. Precisely, Trent. Absolutely. So, listen, I mean, I wasn't – I just think with everything that's going on this offseason and this year, the team that had the least amount of change was the Chiefs. Outside of suspensions, which they had too, you know, not a whole lot – you know, change. I mean, we lost Damian Williams. Okay, but we'll get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Okay, I'll take that upgrade any day of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we let our defensive end of last year go. We bring in a guy like Taco Charleston with a chip on his shoulder. It looks like he's going to play terrific for the Chiefs this year. So you just look at all the parts and the pieces. No turnover with coaches. Not a lot of big-time free agents you brought in. You brought in some proven guys. <clears throat> you just shelled out a whole bunch of money. You know, it all it all is working and I think the thing that is impressive, I don't know if you saw this this morning, but, you know, Sammy Watkins made a comment today and said his biggest joy in the game was watching the sausage get that touchdown and Eric Fisher scoring a touchdown. <laughs> right. I mean, think about it. Here's a guy, $9 million, reduces his contract, says he wants the ball more, and what's his first comment? I'm happy for those two guys. Mm-hmm. Give me an NFL team that does that. Yeah. And, and At any so- level. Great stories, too, Nick, including a a local kid here, Ben Neiman, who we really liked him as a player at Iowa. I was surprised he wasn't drafted because for a guy built like him, better speed that you'd anticipate. Has a fumble recovery, has a sack sack last night. Yeah, Yeah, had a couple of tackles in the game. Neiman, for an undrafted free agent to what he's turned out to be, another nice piece there by Mm -hmm. Brett Veach and company to find. Yeah, I mean, he had a woeful game against the Chargers. I mean, we can all admit that. That was... That was a terrible performance, but he bounced back. He wasn't alone, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't alone. There were a lot of guys, you know, that Hitchens didn't play well, and everybody just didn't play well in that game. But, you know, he's come out of nowhere, and and Spags loves him. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive quarter, absolutely loves this guy. You know, it's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, William Gay Jr. is still sitting on the bench and not starting is because Neiman gets the defense. You know, he he had a good bounce back, and and that's – that's the sign of a good player. That's the sign of a coaching staff having confidence because a lot of people want to see, you know, William Gay Jr. get on the field as, as quick as possible. 
because he will ultimately be their best cover linebacker with that speed. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that's it. This is, this is the, this is the parts and the pieces that you need to be successful in an NFL team. You have your superstars, but you need your glue guys. And I think the Chiefs have more glue guys on their roster than they do superstars. And I think that's what makes them such a terrific team. Well, they got the brightest star in the league by a long ways under center, and well, that certainly true, doesn't hurt. But <laughs> no, but your that point. Doesn't hurt, that doesn't hurt. Yeah, your point's well taken. Nick, we're out of time. Thank you, Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. You can get lost on that website and spend a lot of time doing a whole lot of reading if you're a sports fan. Primetimesportstalk.com. Follow Nick on Twitter at Chiefs Insider. Thank you, Nick Athen. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good, good to it. talk Take to you. Nick Athen on the Chiefs, and we are uh, thinking... Slow down. I get it, Trent, but look who's... They just about lost a week ago. I know. To a... What we're finding is not a very good Charger team. And the kicker came in and made 58-58 and 53. But he also missed a couple last he night. He did miss a couple. Missed a point after and missed a field goal, yeah. It's, it's 3-0. and yeah, but they we just get to November. Let's have this conversation. It's still September. I get it. That's why I don't want to have it. But you almost are forced to. No, you're not. They almost lost to the Chargers. Come on. Well, there's always a close game. I agree. But there good is. teams find a way to win them, and they found a way to win it. The most improbable 53 back-to-back 58s. And the drive to get down there. They're going to lose two after. games. You think they are? Two games. Who are they going to lose to? They're going to lose to... At Bills on Thursday? Nah. At Tampa on Thanksgiving weekend? Possibly. Broncos aren't beating them. Chargers aren't going to beat them. The Raiders, Raiders would if they didn't have to play them coming off a bye. And, and they do. They get, oh, here's, the, here's what's left then. Jets, Panthers, Saints, who don't look like the Saints. No, they will at that. Michael Thomas will be healthy. Dolphins at Dolphins. They're losing a couple. I hope you're right. They're losing man. a couple. I hope you're right. I more hate. likely, they lose three or more or go undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> They're not losing three games. They're not going thirteen I could, to three. I could go down that path that you know what? Let's okay, let's have it in November. We lose this week to the Patriots. No. Well you're going against Belichick. You're huh? giving me hope. I don't want to see him go unbeaten. 13-3 or 16-0. You're going 16-0. If I had to choose between those two scenarios, uh, I'm going to choose to talk to Brian Walton about the Cardinals next. He will join us as we'll switch gears. A lot of baseball coming up in the next half hour. Zubin Mahente at 11-20. Guessing we'll do some NBA with Zubin as they get set to start their finals uh, tomorrow night. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. 10- Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, American League Today, National League and the American League. That's right, eight baseball games tomorrow. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's almost too much. Uh, Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com, he joins us to talk about the Cardinals. They will take on the Padres. A lot of people's kind of sleeper pick if it's not the Dodgers who is it in the National League. Well, maybe the Cardinals will have something to say about that. Brian Walton joins us. Brian, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Brian Walton. How are you? My pleasure. There is no misunderstanding. As we talked about last time, Ken, uh, the Cubs won the division, but the Cardinals got in, and 
The National League Central fared very well with four teams in the playoffs. I think that's one of the stories, and I would have bet a lot of money that that wouldn't happen. But uh, yet, uh, here they are. Uh, you're 100% right, uh, as both Cincinnati gets in and the Brewers, who will take on those Dodgers. Trent and I were talking in the first segment uh, when we were just kind of you know previewing the show. Why no Jack Flaherty until Game 3? Kim Game 1, Wainwright Game 2, Flaherty uh, Game 3. Should they, should they need a Game 3? Why no Flaherty till then? Well, I had actually predicted it this way, and it's really simple. And I, it's, of course, more complicated than this. But the simple fact is the way the, the, the pitchers lined up in terms of the rotation, it was Kim, Wainwright, and Flaherty. Now, you could – and they each would get an extra day in this scenario. Now, you'd say, well, Flaherty's your ace, and do you really want to risk going to San Diego and getting swept in two games without pit, your ace pitching? But what we've seen out of Flaherty the last few outings has not been the regular Jack Flaherty. His mechanics are screwed up. Now, also, he's got some kind of an issue pitching against Milwaukee because his career ERA against the, the world is three, and against Milwaukee is like six. But obviously, San Diego isn't Milwaukee. But bottom line, Flaherty's not pitching well enough to move him to the front of the line. Kim's a lefty. He's pitching against a primarily right-handed hitting lineup in San Diego. They've never seen him. And, you know, Kim's been a quiet success for the Cardinals this year. According to wins uh, above replacement, Kim has been the best pitcher on the Cardinals this year. Definitely surprising with that number. You know, Brian, uh, looking at this and what this team went through being shut down for so long, last year Mike Schilt, he was the manager of the league in the National League. This year he's not going to win that award. How much more difficult and argue maybe better of a job did he do this year just navigating through coming back and all the double headers they had to play i'm really looking forward to the off season trent where we can hear some of the behind the scenes stories mm-hmm. i mean we kind of know the the high level stuff about players thrown into mattresses and that kind of thing but you know there's going to be some really really interesting stories about you know these players driving you know to games and just just all kinds of crazy stuff and you know certainly what both the cardinals and the uh, Miami Marlins had to go through was very, very significant. And it was important for Major League Baseball because, you know, once the second outbreak occurred, they really finally got serious about following the protocols. They got serious about shutting down games. So while the Marlins and the, you know, Cardinals had to take it on the chin, ultimately I think baseball, um, um, you know, benefited as a result. And I, and I think Mattingly will be the manager of the year simply because Miami lost 105 games last year. So they had a long, long way to come from. But, on the other hand, look at the, the standings. The Cardinals would have made the playoffs as the fifth seed, even if they hadn't had the three extra teams this year, which is quite an accomplishment considering. No doubt about it. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. Harrison Bader uh, really got hot towards the end of the season. Potentially, how big a role could he play in this uh, series against San Diego? Yeah, I think they, and the guy, they were typically the guys at the bottom of the order. Uh, Harrison Bader, as you said, was, was red hot the final week, uh, and I think that tripled homer in the last game. But also rookie Dylan Carlson who, you know, really, really struggled against breaking pitches, got sent down for a while, and came back up. And he also played very well. And, you know, I think Bader may stay at the bottom of the lineup because the Cardinals like him, number nine, then flipping around to Colton Long and Tommy Edmond one, too. But Dylan Carlson, they took from the bottom of the order and dropped in the cleanup spot for the last game, which just goes to show you how much trouble the Cardinals' middle of the lineup order is having, you know, driving guys in. We've seen it all along, runners in scoring position, you know, huge problem for the Cardinals. Speaking of uh, guys going the other way, Matt Carpenter, another disastrous season. What's left on his contract? One more year, and, uh, 
you know, the, and and it's interesting. The Cardinals very rarely, any teams really, you know, they're rarely critical of their of their players. Right. But recently, John Mozeliak told us in one of these Zoom calls, "Hey, their metrics say that Carpenter's bat speed has slowed down, and there's just no way that that doesn't signal bad luck, right? That signals a decline in skills. And so, you know, the better Tommy Edmond continues to play." you know, the more likely he's going to see more time at third base next year. Now, you know, we'll see uh, the Cardinals were, you know, pleasantly surprised out of the, the production they got out of the, the designated hitter role from Brad Miller, but Miller may not be back next year, which, you know, means we could see, you know, uh, even so we may not see more of, of Matt Carpenter next year. I, I don't know how they can continue to play him. Uh, Padres uh, starting pitching a little bit banged up as they hit it in the playoffs. Uh, what's the key to this series? I mean, here's the here's the what I'm really looking forward to in in baseball in October. A, it's October and it takes it, it's another level. But we haven't seen these matchups for the most part during the regular season, right? I mean, they're sporadic. We uh, obviously t- uh, Tampa and Toronto, same division, but there's so many of these that we haven't seen all year long. So we haven't seen the pard- uh, Padres and the Cardinals, and we can't reflect on what they did during the regular season. How do you see this matchup, Ryan? You know, it's interesting. Uh, Adam Wainwright was asked about that question. And, of course, maybe because he's a pitcher, you know, he sees it from the pitcher's perspective. But he said he believes that the pitchers have an advantage in that type of scenario. The hitters haven't seen the pitchers. They haven't timed their stuff. They, they don't understand, you know, what they're throwing in particular accounts. And scouting can only give you so much information. And if you, if you believe that at face value, then some of this disadvantage that the Cardinals have, because the Cardinals are a huge underdog, you know, depending on who you look at, yeah. um, the Cardinals' advantage is a little bit better because the Cardinals are the team with the better pitching. San Diego's the team with the better offense. And that is the key matchup, as I see. Can the Cardinals' starters hold them at bay? Because the Cardinals' bullpen has been exceptional this year. But the starting is, you know, been hit and miss. And, uh, you know, they're really down to a couple guys that they can really, really count on in Kim and Wainwright. And they're the guys who are going to get the ball in the first two games. Danielson Lamette has been outstanding for the Padres, though. That young pitching that. I wondered last year, a lot of people thought they were going to take the step forward. It happened this year with a couple of those young arms. Padres, at least last I'd seen, have not announced a game starter. Do you anticipate it'll be Lamette? As long as he's healthy. I mean, he has mm-hmm. health issues, and, and Clevenger's hurt as well. But, yep. yeah, Lamette is, is rumored to be their game one starter, but they obviously want to see you know how he bounces back. Um, so, you know, it's also harder to prepare when you don't know who the starting pitcher is going to be on the, on the other side. All right. Uh, as we, as you mentioned, Brian, four teams out of the Central get in. How many will advance out of this first round, this three-game series? Um, Cincinnati and Atlanta, the Cubs in Miami, uh, the Cardinals obviously in the Padres, uh, and the Brew Crew taking on uh, the overwhelming favorite to win the World Series in the Dodgers. How many Central Division teams will advance into the Division Series? I think the Cubs are, are, are certainly have a, a good shot against the Marlins. I think the next best shot is the Cardinals versus the Padres. I think, you know, the, the Brewers are just, you know, they're going to have their hands right. too full with the Dodgers. I, I think that would be an upset of, you know, Appalachian State magnitude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the Braves are such a good team, although the Reds have, you know, have you been hot Reds. and they're dangerous. So I, that one could be very, very competitive, uh, Cincinnati and Atlanta. So potentially three is what you're going to say? I'm saying I'm saying two and a half. Okay. I'm, I'm calling Cincinnati-Atlanta a, a toss-up. Um, but, yeah, I, potentially three, yes. Good stuff. Hey, uh, looking at the series, looking at it as a whole, we know it is a tall, tall hill to climb for anybody to run down the Dodgers. Better to play them now for the Brewers in a three-gamer, a five-gamer, or so. a seven-gamer. It almost feels like the longer they last, the more difficult it's going to be for anybody, even in the World Series, to beat them in seven. Your thoughts on that? 
Well, I mean, you just look at history, and, and whatever reason, and nobody knows what it is, but when the Cardinals and the Dodgers play in the postseason, the Dodgers fold. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter how many Cy Young Awards Kershaw has. The Cardinals somehow beat them. And so I kind of like the fact that they would get them, you know, in the in the uh, first round of the division series. Now, you know, it would, you know, the Dodgers would still be heavy favorites no matter what, but you know, they're such a good team, they're going to have to stumble. I mean, they're, they're the team to beat, no doubt about it. Do you think we'll see this playoff forward going forward, Brian, after this year? No, no. There will be an expanded playoff. There'll be maybe 14 teams. There probably won't be 16. Mm-hmm. There'll be some kind of a – there'll be an extra round because they like the TV money. Yep. But I think there has to be some way to give a greater advantage to the teams that actually win their divisions, and there could be first-round buys. There will be some other kind of format next year, I believe. But for the COVID year, you know, this fine. It's good enough. No, they did a hell of a job getting to this point. Uh, we have 30 seconds left. You told us about Carpenter's contract. Is there a big name that they've got a big decision on this year after the season ends regarding next year? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wainwright and Molina, the, the mm-hmm. you know, the veteran battery are both up again. And, you know, Wainwright's come back on incentive-laden deals in the past. He'll probably do that again. Molina's a little bit more difficult because he's been making 20 million a year and you know he's got a little bit of an ego not a bad thing but you know he's going to want more money than the cardinals are going to want to pay so that could be contentious but the cardinals need to spend their money to get a middle of the order back the guy that left from last year's team marcelo zuna has just had a tremendous year in atlanta as a designated hitter and they need somebody like that badly for 2021 they got to find the money enjoy the series brian walton thank you the cardinalnation.com for you cardinal fans out there the cardinalnation.com brian thank you Talk to you next time. Good to talk to you. Brian Walton uh, joining us as we take a look at the Cardinals and the Padres. Uh, Padres pitching staff is a little bit banged up, so... Clevenger's in trouble. Yeah, I think you made a really good point on... When do you want to play the Dodgers? Do you want to play them best of three, best of five, best of seven? I think you want to get them early. I'd like to be the Brewers if I had a choice. And I think the Reds will beat the Braves. You know what? Why don't we do that on the other side of this? Prediction time? Yeah, let's go on record. What the hell? Zuba Mahente joins us in about 20 minutes. Trent and I are with you until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.